You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. All right, this is the Whitetail Experience Podcast. This is your host, Byron Horton. This is going out July 4th week, despite I am recording this in podcast land a touch early and have been holding this podcast. This was the most DM talked about podcast I did last year. This is with William from Fleet. And if you're not familiar with Fleet, they make whitetail specific, generally elevated tree stand levels where the camouflage price shines the most at hunting gear. And I like William because he is a dude that you could like have a barbecue with and beer and go to deer camp with. No offense to the big name companies of the world, the Sitka First Light, blah, blah, blahs. Like, I've heard their marketing directors talk on podcasts. And, like, William by far is the most, like, enjoyable dude to just chat with. He's funny. He's witty. There's an 80s uh, action movie reference, so that should go well. But, yeah, I just think it's a, it's, it's a good conversation. We do talk some of his deer hunting in Canada last year. He shot a chocolate horn. I think it was a six or a seven point. It was, it was a cool wide frame deer. But we talk that, and then obviously we do talk some gear, and then we talk some grilling, some cooking, uh, very timely. So I am I am excited about that. I have the green light to get some cams out this coming weekend. So I have prepped, I don't know, 13 or 14 soldiers. <laughs> I have ordered a few more because I have a batch that I have not got to. And then I, I pulled all my cams at my small farm, and I set them on the like trail going back to the truck. And when I went to leave that day, I definitely didn't take that trail home. And... Uh, left probably I don't know four or five cams sitting there in the middle of a four wheel type path. They might they might have gotten lifted. Uh, who knows? I've been out there in a good bit, but I'll uh, hopefully get those back in the arsenal here. That being said, wanted to thank my Patreon guys. Oh, big giveaway announcement! If you join Patreon by Sunday, like the first weekend in July, I don't know. I'm gonna call that 10th, 11th, 12th, somewhere in there. You are entered to win an RL1 site. And that is the top tier carbon framed single pin slider from Redline. I have an extra one, so I am giving that away on Patreon. If you're interested in up, upping your filming game, I have a like self filming, increase your production value, better oh, photos of recovery, some branding, some marketing. Like I, I put together a web course kind of designed for the solo producer in mind. There's a handful of podcasts, there's some like video examples, there's cool editing tips, techniques that I use, like I'll make a, a badass uh, sizzle or short and I'll be like, this is how I did it. And yeah, that's available through Patreon, it's kind of like my hosting website, and once you submit to the, the web course tier, you have access to all that, and it's work at your own pace type thing. All right, let's get to this with William. Enjoy. Okay. Recording in progress. All right, we are live. So on the podcast with me today is William from Fleet. 
And I had him on, I think, prior to last hunting season. So we're going to catch up with him because he went everywhere and anywhere in, in during his 2022 pursuits. Uh, we got a buck that dies. We got some new gear items. And we're going to talk summer barbecue skills. So buckle up, folks. William, welcome back to the show, man. Super pumped to be here, guys. <laughs> this is awesome. And you just uh, slayed a bird last week. I've shot two now. I'm tagged oh, out. I'm man. done. Done, donezo. But I have, we have a big group. So we have a big veterans hunt coming this week. And so we have four, maybe five hunters coming to town on Wednesday. And yeah, it's going to be Wednesday to Sunday, nonstop turkey hunting. Okay. What are, on the turkey scale, are you like all in or it's kind of fun? Where are you at as far as turkey hunting, passion, pursuit compared to your white tail? Okay, I am all in on turkey hunting, but on the spectrum, I'm like a zero when it comes to like turkey calling, man. I like, I need a box call. <laughs> I need a box call. My like, I don't know, my beard or something. Like I go back and forth. I just cannot get consistent calling with a mouth call. And so like, I need that box call. That's just my sound check out there in the woods. Like am I sounding good? Oh, let me just get a little box call to read recalibrate where i'm at in the woods <laughs> i like it I, I that that's kind of the crowd i was in until i went elk hunting and then i decided because i still hunt sometimes for turkeys in the big woods where i uh i don't like to like sit still i literally choose the still hunting method and i kind of you know i can call then uh with the mouth call or whatever but i gotta put it in the truck about a month before season yeah so that, i do the same thing like i'm in the carpool line dropping kids off and i'm like calling calling the, the kids on the and the carpet line burp, 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 and they're like what the heck is going on and then like the teachers are looking at me all weird <laughs> this guy's a little bit on the spectrum maybe <laughs> <laughs> classic so real quick for maybe any new members give us uh the quick company profile of fleet outdoors and then we gotta we gotta hear about this canada buck so fleet outdoors we make outdoor hunting clothes for whitetail hunters but obviously hunting clothes spans the whole gamut we're using it turkey hunting we're using it elk hunting moose anything and everything but our niche is like we make gear for whitetail hunters and that is what we live and breathe and die for all day every day and um sell across the country have customers in every state and just like living our best lives in Nashville, tennessee nice yeah i'm a i'm a big fan of of kind of that mission statement like that is a oh i saw you do a video one time and you're like we're a niche we're a niche within a niche, but like we want to own that space. Exactly. I so like I went to all the way to Canada to chase whitetail deer. Like it is unbelievable. Like I just love it. I love deer hunting. I love getting after whitetail. For some reason, like I started when I was four, and I've been able to hunt a lot of different animals. But I always find myself going back to whitetail. It is just it's a year round pursuit in my mind. It's Live and die. Early season, late season, you name it. There's nothing more exciting than chasing after big whitetail. Nothing. I'm sorry. There's nothing like it. it <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. And so you had mentioned you went all the way to Canada, but you also went to like four or five other states. But like in Canada, you were there on a mission testing some gear, but also shot a beautiful chocolate horned buck. And so maybe let's tell our audience, one, what gear you're testing or kind of some of the purpose there. And then um, give us uh, some details on, on on harvesting that animal. Yeah, so we were up there in Alberta and we were down, 
kind of like east of Alberta, about two hours, and we were chasing whitetail at elevation. I've never done this before. So like they were all the way up at 6,000 feet, all the way down at like river bottoms. And we were going up and down much like elk hunting. It was, it was weird. Like we were running gun whitetail hunting, never done that before, but it was so awesome. And it was rut time. And so like go up to big glassing points and there's glass as far as the eye can see. And we would see whitetail and we were like, that looks like a giant deer, but like all I can see is like this little spectrum, like through a spotting scope, 2000 yards away. It was awesome, but it was freezing, freezing, so cold that on one day we couldn't get our brakes unlocked. Like the car was completely frozen shut. We wow. dragged it like a, a mile with a tractor trying to just force the wheels to come unfrozen. Didn't happen. And so wow. like that, like that's how frozen it was. And so we're dealing with like 30, 40 kilometer winds, negative 30, 40 degrees Celsius. Like it was brutal but deer were still moving when it's the rut deer are going to move and that was insane what uh what time of year on the calendar was it was it like late november to get that cold up there yeah okay it was late november but it was freakishly cold and uh we wanted to go up there and test gear but like it went from like testing like what we were thinking like we were testing our new phantom x series and all that but like it quickly dropped into like so cold like you had to have like you would have died <laughs> if if you didn't have the right gear. Like yeah. there's no question. Like it was it was brutal. And uh, running up and down the hills, oh man, I sweated it out. It was it was awesome. And like I was like I learned a lot in terms of what our gear can and can't do, uh, which is important. Like because we get the phone call all the time. Like, is this going to keep me warm? Yes, it's going to keep you warm. But man, you're going to sweat. Like you got to learn to pack it in. Like there's with deer hunting, like it's such a weird action. Like you're going to go from high exertion to no exertion for super long duration. So like, I'm going to walk five miles in and then I'm going to sit there for like eight hours. And like all that moisture, all that energy you just built up is being absorbed in your clothes. Like everyone knows that, like you sweat it out, you're going to temperatures drop, you get into the stand, you're going to freeze to death. It's horrible. And so like, you have to learn to max, uh, balance those, <laughs> now let me ask this so so was there any like moment in that trip where you were out in the field and you were like you know what when we get back to the office we are changing this because i needed to function like x on, oh, so on, our, hit me our ice our ice station is so dang warm i've and it's come across like unequivocally that we've gotten feedback from tons and tons of people that have been testing it it's too warm it's too warm. And I didn't, I never thought that to be the case, but like we were, we had people testing in North Dakota, like predator hunting late December, hundred mile per hour winds across the plains, like right there, devil's lake. You got high humidity, tons of snow, tons of ice. And they were too warm. That's how warm. I mean, like, but so perspective, like Primaloft, which is the core installation that we're running in this item has, they have their, like their flavors. You have like your mid cheap grade, I shouldn't say cheap, they're low grade performance. And then you have your high-end fibers and we're running the high-end fibers one rung below their, like the top of the top. In theory, it's meant for like climbing efforts. Like that's like, they, that's what you're, they're building that item for in that category. So we're like one step below that. And I always thought to myself, like, 
I wanted to go all the way. Like I wanted to be able to have a product and say like, you could go climb Everest. Like that's just an awesome ad right there. Like go from my saddle to the top of Everest. Why not? Like that sounds awesome. But like, oh my gosh, it was so warm. So, so warm. And like, you just sweat and like, you, you, there's no way, like you can't even lay your way out of it. And okay. so like, we, we immediately came back to the shop and we're like the whole concept of like, you can't be too warm. Yes, you can be too warm. Uh, it's just like we had to go find scenarios that even see if we could find a cold point. We couldn't find it. It was mm -hmm. always too warm. And so, like, we came back and immediately are low in the insulation just because we have to. Like, okay. <laughs> nice. The other thing that we came back with was, and I still go back and forth on this, we, we kind of shouted out to social media, safety port harnesses. Uh, in those cold environments, like, is the safety port harness really necessary? Maybe, I don't know. I go back and forth. I don't want to negate safety. I love the safety aspect. I love the people that use it. I'm a saddle hunter, and so I'm not using it. And a lot of our customers are saddle hunters. They're not using it. They want they want something that's, like, more functioning for saddle hunting, not tree stand safety harness hunting. But more and more I talk to people, I actually haven't met someone that's used the safety port harness in the last year or two. They're just yeah. throwing it over. And that's just what they're doing. Like they don't want to feed that cord through that all those all those little holes. So that's something that may be on the chopping block for us because it's one, it adds to the cost of the garment, so you end up paying for it. Two, if you're not using it, so like you're paying for it, and not using it. I'd rather deliver one a more affordable product that cuts it out. But then two, ultimately, it's a weak point in the garment. Like we've done thermal testing, lots of warmth leads through that hole. I don't care how many flaps you put over that thing, you think you're fine heat is dumping out of that hole drastically yeah yeah i will say i went for one hunt where i used a uh safety pro, uh, port out of the back and so i go to get dressed at the base of the tree because i it was a packing hunt and like here i am trying to reach over my shoulder and get the final like four or five inches of the tether <laughs> out like i just can't imagine and my core audience is like the mobile run and gun um, regardless of tree stand, like, so in a rut, when most guys are taking their vacation, generally they might have two to three layers on. Why would I want to thread it through three layers? Yep. Like, that's just an extra step. I already got a jack around with X, Y, and Z like now. So I left a, I left a comment, full send punt on, <laughs> on, on no, no port harnesses in the back, save a little money, you know, better performance. I'm all about it. And I get like anxiety when I get to the base of the tree. I like have anxiety that like my booner buck is like six, six feet away from me. I just need to get in that tree as quickly as possible. Like I'm like my pants are around my ankles exposure type thing. When I'm at the base of that tree, I need to get up as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I think I have less anxiety setting up for a mobile hunt in the dark. Cause I'm like, even though I'm in the dark headlamp, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I, I legally can't shoot him. So even if he yeah. is standing there watching me, uh, you know, it's, it's not like I'm costing myself an opportunity. I might be, but I can't legally shoot him. I got to uh, get up there. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask this. So, so why don't you break down like, uh, cause you were successful on this can can Canadian trip. Let's hear a little bit about the buck. So yeah, uh, we spotted this buck day two, day three, and he was super unique for us. Like, he was, he ended up scoring 149 inches as a seven pointer, like just a giant seven pointer. So like he stood out super unique, uh, chocolate antlers, but like 
he was like six and a half, seven and a half. Like when I, that's a million dollar question, like aging deer with like jawbones and everything. Like at a certain point, like it, it becomes impossible, like mature, mature jawbone, super old deer. We spotted him. Oh my gosh. We walked our tails off. I think over the course of this entire trip, we walked over 60 miles. So perspective walking through three feet of snow, 60 miles. But anyway, spotted this deer day three or day two, day three, and just started like literally hitting this whole valley everywhere we could uh, to get back on him. Because again, we're doing spot and stalk. We spot him at about 3,000 yards with spotting scopes and he's chasing, it's rutting. And so like the concept of like, oh, he's going to be there, he's going to bed. No, he's chasing whitetail, chasing does everywhere. And so like, we're like, all right, he's going to this side. So we hike all the way up and like, you're bushwhacking it through three feet of snow, man. Like it was not easy going up 2,000 feet vertical, not an easy hunt. I'm no. not in the best shape. I'm a dad bod. I have four kids. <laughs> I still work out, but man, I was smoked. I was smoked and I was sweating. I was dropping layers, but man, we saw him like three or four times. Hiked all the way up on day, end of day four, all the way up to the top of this area. And we looked down and there he is in the river bottom. We didn't need to walk up this giant mountain to get see. And then once he's down the river bottom, we got all the way down there and made a game plan, got right up on him. Ended up shooting him at like 15 yards. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was right there. Like, and we didn't have to do anything. <laughs> I remember I was like, why did we walk up that hill? He was right there the whole time. But man, it's just a testament to how tough these animals are. Because like he weighed 365 pounds. Oh giant, my word. And not an ounce of fat on him. Not an ounce of fat. Like he was just a sheer tank. Ronnie Coleman to, at his peak, man. Like not an ounce of fat on him. Running around like crazy. Up and down these hills. Doing circles around us. And yeah. It was an awesome. I'll never forget that. Oh my gosh, it was awesome. That is so cool. And and uh, being that big, I I have heard um, that taxidermists they have to buy a special Canadian mount. Yeah, be, because they're just they're just so much bigger through like the chest, shoulder, neck area. It was a it was like a cow, man. Like I like walking up to this animal, like you. So like you have like ground shrinkage. Like you go to Texas, and, like you shoot a deer and it looks massive. You walk up to it, and, and then the body size just it, like it's a Labrador with antlers. Yeah, but like you just don't get it. Like and so like you see these animals and they look small, but then you walk up to this deer and oh my gosh, like I've never seen a three hundred sixty five pound deer before. Like I had no concept, but like you hold his antlers, I'm like, this is a giant deer. And then you stand next to this body and it's like a cow. And like, I was, when we started field dressing, I fully expected to be covered in fat, not an ounce on it, man. Like it is just like, it's a different animal, man. It's a different creature. Oh, yeah. So yeah, we dragged that thing, got it cleaned up. But, oh yeah. It was so awesome. And when I brought it to the States down here for the taxidermy, the guy like pulled out the measurements on the, the tan, the hide and everything is like, I'm going to have to go get this special. I didn't know that. I didn't know, like, you had to get a different, like, mold and everything. He's like, I got to get the bigger mold. He's like, people say they need it. He's like, no one ever needs it. He's <laughs> like, this is, I'm going to have to do this. And so, like, it was an extra, I had to charge more. I was expecting it to cost, like, X for the, the mount. No, nah, yeah. man, it was, like, 25% more, but I totally think, worth it. Yeah, that is so cool, <laughs> man. That is so cool. So I wanted to to shift to some of the oh YouTube video I saw I think now two three weeks ago where you guys kind of walked through some of the new gear items 
um, lot on the table. It looks like, what did you feel before we get into some of the garments that are coming? Like you're like, man, fleet needs X going into 2023. Like, what did you feel like was the hole in the bucket that you felt was the biggest priority? Uh, probably. So our best sell was the phantom jacket, phantom jacket and pants. We're running low on inventory, but like I've been working, we've been working on developing a new fabric. So we partnered with a new mill that basically like their niche is camo, but like, I'm like, all right, awesome, man. Like color matching is great, but like, I like the fabrics. Like I want like, and I have specs that I want in fabrics that they're like, this style fabric, interlock knits, interlock woven. Like I have like certain things that I'm looking for out of fabric. I was like, I love that you do the camo, but like, can we do the custom? Like I want to take this fabric, let's make it 2% heavier, 20%, 200% heavier. Like I'm looking for a custom. And so like, I've been working on this one fabric for two years now. And we finally, so like got the fabric developed, but then the the challenge was then getting the colors right. I think we spent a solid year getting the colors identified to really match. Like our camo is really difficult because of the high contrast. So like when you like just think to sheer, like dropping a pen on a color, like getting how the colors all come together and interact, it becomes really difficult to like not have it be too dark, too light, to have that high contrast colors in a custom developed fabric that like they've never made before. They've never printed on it before. And so like, it's custom among custom. It's like, I've been working on this for two years, man. And we finally like got it all perfect. Nice. Well, okay. So again, what was like, you're like, man, I want to fill this gap. Like what's the biggest yes. opportunity? So it is dead, quiet, dead, dead, quiet fabric, fully waterproof, fully windproof. It's durable. So like, it's a really thick outer shell. So a lot of people will make like soft shell, soft shell, three layer fabric. So simple layer, exterior membrane, then you have the fleece where people like to build weight into a fabric is they'll make the fleece, the next to the skin, that'll be like a heavier fleece. And so like, that's where you're building your warmth up. I took the inverse. I focus on the exterior because that's where you get your, your snags, your tears. That's where the fabric can break down. Like original hunters, man, they hunted with leather. They, they killed an animal. Like that's what matters. That exterior fabric, that's what's protecting you from the elements. And so we built that aspect up. The challenge with that is now you got to factor in stretch. You need four-way stretch to move with you because you're moving through the woods. You're running, you're gunning, you're doing all that stuff. And like, I needed something that stretch and durable and had the membrane that had breathability specs that were to our standards and then had fleece for the next skin comfort. And so like, I was like, it took us like a long time to get this all together, but no, now you have a three layer soft shell that's dead quiet, dead quiet, extremely durable, extremely durable. And when I say durable, like we're testing snag testing. So like we have like a testing mechanism that basically like, Imagine like toilet paper, a toilet paper roll, a yeah. giant one of those with the fabric going across a thing. And then they drag a ball and chain across it. Like that has like giant prickers on it, knife tears, all that. And you do that for like 30 days. Literally, you run this machine for 30 days and you then test it. Like that fabric is going to be degraded. Like, and so like we have a standard, like the degrading of that fabric has to have less than, you know, one snag, one tear, like minimal visible. 
And so like there's certified graders that do this. And it's like, we have our standard, it passed that standard. It's soft, it's stretchy, it's thick, and oh, it's, it's perfection. It's perfection. And nice. so like, and so like we needed that because like right now current deer hunting is very much all about, they do a great job of matching the camo and getting the colors right. But like, I don't know of a garment out there that's fully customized. Like they're taking like a standard fabric package, developing it and then spend all the time to get the colors right. We went the other way around. Like I wanted the fabric to be perfect, then spend the time to get the colors matched. And so like, I don't know of another garment out there. I can't even explain it to people because the closest thing I can say is synthetic leather. I think that's the closest way. Okay. But like, what, what would you describe perfect application for this as far as like a time of year or like use, like, you know, is this a, a cold, like, cold it, item or more it, of a mid season? So like it could function in the mid season with a simple silky base layers underneath it all the way down to like, 20 degrees, 10 degrees. So that I was using, I ended up living in the Phantom when we were in Canada. I had to put insulation on, but at the core of it, it was the Phantom platform. That's what was keeping us warm. That's what's keeping the wind out. And so like, this is designed from a layering perspective. And so like, it's versatile enough to go in the mid season and give you longevity all the way into the late season with proper insulation uh, and function between all those, all the nitty gritty. So you get snow, fine. You get rain, you're fine. You get ice, you're fine. Uh, I would not recommend this as a traditional rain wear because it's not fully seam taped, but like you're going to be fine. Uh, water may seep through the cracks, but like I, it, it's awesome. <laughs> it's, it's pretty wicked. And so I wanted to, the Phantom is our best seller. It's so versatile. I, and I wanted to take it to the next level and truly deliver to the market the perfect soft shell hunting experience. And I think that platform is what all whitetail hunters need. You don't need to have like your mid season garment and then you change out your system and then have your late season garment. Like you should have one system that gives you longevity through the entire season. And you just complement it with little, little products here and there. Like I'll add insulation today. I'll drop that. I'll put a vest on. I'll add a base layer. Like that's what this is all about. Nice. So will this be titled the the Phantom 3.0 or or I, yeah. I remember what, what what's Phantom, the name? Phantom X, the X Phantom series. X. I love yeah. it. So, <laughs> so, so I awesome. you just described myself as far as like I have what I call like some October bow hunting pieces mm -hmm. that I totally have to switch out my outer layer come November 5th ish when we start getting some 20 degree mornings. And yeah. so it being able to maybe now buy one piece and then add insulation to, but it's the same jacket. My stuff's going to be all, you know, I'll have my system fully dialed. Like I, I don't have to change it come the rut. And the biggest thing that I always struggle with soft shells is I'm a saddle hunter. Like a lot of soft shells don't move with you. They don't stretch enough with you. And like, that's why before this, like I, I was stuck. Like I had to have that mid season garment because like when I'm climbing, I'm really running around like, I wanted stretch. I wanted mobility, but I'm okay with losing stretch and mobility when it's cold out. Like I sacrifice, I'm going to layer up. I just like mentally accept that as like, when it's cold, I can't move. I got to have all these layers. It is what it is. I wanted to like erase that from the board and say, you know what? Like I want to have a garment that I don't have to struggle lifting my leg up, whether it's October or December, 
to make that extra long step in my on my sticks up a tree. Like if I need to move, I need to stretch and need to all that. I needed that. That's what this delivered. Nice, nice. So uh, it, with the new gear items, what do you feel is the sleeper pick of all the new ones? And what do you feel is going to be the most popular? Probably so, uh, sleeper pick is probably going to be the windproof fleece. Um, that is going to be, who doesn't love windproof fleece? Like literally who does not love windproof fleece? Uh, incredibly warm, incredibly soft. Uh, the only downside does not have the stretch of the Phantom X, but like that is going to be, I know so many people that may not like, they love the Winford Fleece and they will buy Winford Fleece. Like they, they could be invested in a whole nother camo pattern, but they're like, if you come out with Winford Fleece, I'm buying it. Like everyone just loves like Winford Fleece, unstoppable. That high burly fleece. That's Who doesn't love it? Like yeah. you're looking at, like it's like a baby sheepskin. It's yeah, super I, I, I'm a fleece guy. Um, I've owned several garments that that I, yeah. And in the past, the the negative was if you got that wind that was maybe starting to get above eight miles an hour, mm -hmm. and you feel and, it. Yeah, you so, feel it. And so so to have that like my perfect setup right now is I wear the I wear a heavy base layers which is the H1 Polar Tech 320 gram fabric weight, super stretchy, super warm uh, base layer fabric. That's pretty awesome. Then I was wearing our windproof fleece vest underneath it with our Phantom X. Like I'd made the collars. I didn't want to go full on like, what's that movie? Uh, the vest, I don't know. I can't think of it. It'll come to me in a second. But anyway, the vest comes up high. Like it's got a high, so like you can- Like the in, Matrix? Like, it could be the Matrix. Or I'm trying to think of it. Dracula, like right? Like Dracula yeah, like, used to like tuck into his yeah. his Blade Runner. Blade Runner, the new 2049. Brian Gosling always oh, like, how high can his collar go? Like that's like we did go full on like neck, like face, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> that's what we were going for. So you can like snuggle in. Like I like when I get cold, like I just want to like I'm in the tree, I'm just sitting there, I don't want to move. Like I just kind of sit down, I hunker down get into that collar. And so that vest provides that warmth. but then I have all my pockets. So like I have all my gear already in my jacket. I'm not like wanting to take everything else. So, like I have my one jacket, my one pants. That's what I run with the entire season. I don't want to change it. I don't like to, Oh, I forgot my call. I didn't, I have my gloves like permanently in my pants pockets. Like they just live there. So. Yeah. I love that aspect. <laughs> okay. So you think that's going to be like the sleeper pick or most popular sleeper. I think okay. it's sleeper. What's going to be the most popular out of the new items? I mean, maybe we already talked about it, but. No, no, no. T-1000 pants. T-1000 pants. It is. I, I don't hold this to me. I'm, I'm like, we've not gotten yeah. full pricing of like end to end. So like for us and like when we do total cost of manufacturing, like there's cost of manufacturing, there's importing, there's shipping, but everything's down low right now. So like shipping costs, all that stuff is super cheap right now. So we're shooting for a $99 pants. That is our target price that we're coming to market with. And so like you sign up for the email, like subscribe, like you get a 15% discount. Like you're, you're buying what I would argue is probably the best hunting pants in the upper echelon category. I won't say there's, it's the best because like it becomes, and when you get into the A category, like there's just stylistic preferences. 
Yeah, like we're talking all... like we're talking like the Kuyu attacks, the uh, yeah. ASAT NARS. Um, okay. Who else has got some? Uh, I'm sure that there's a handful this, out there. Yeah. But this, this this up there, and they, with a discount, you're looking at buying a seventy-five dollar pin, eighty dollar pin. That is unbelievable. And like stretch, lightweight, early season, and then can transition into the mid later seasons with the right base layer underneath it. Like it is wicked, man. And like it's coming in all sorts of colors. Oh, love that. Yeah. So like I think it's like five different color options right now. Uh, and so like that's going to be the best seller. I just like hands down, I've talked to enough people. We've struggled in the past, like. Entry level pant, the cheapest pant we sell right now is like 150, 160 bucks. And so like that was something that I knew out of the gate that we had to bring to market soon. And so like to have a $99 pant that is like perfection, yeah, that's 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 gonna be our best color. There's not a doubt in my mind. Yeah, and, and then some, you you had more. mentioned some of the like oh couple different colors, some of the earth tones, like the fall jacket, I have it in green and I wear that like around the house, out in the yard. I, I scouted in it because it is like a tougher, stretchy type material. It does well with thorns. So mm-hmm. like I probably didn't hunt in it one day, but I probably wore it the most out of 365. <laughs> so I'm coaching baseball in it. And like, but like one time I did come to the baseball, I coached baseball. I coached my uh, six, seven year old. And like I was in full camo and my wife thought I was like, people were looking at me like, what's going on? Uh, but I was like, I mean, camo, come on, let me coach baseball. Yeah. But like, I, when I don't have that, I had to come and I wear that ball jacket, man, all the time. And like, it's innocuous. Like, is that a hunting jacket? Is that cool? Like, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Love it. So something you, you did tease and my audience needs to, to, to perk up on this is you had thought about designing a couple garments, very specific to a mobile hunter's needs. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to speak any more to that? Is that something that is probably a year or two out? But like that's that's so interesting. Is, we are we are so we are developing the fabric right now, uh, and that is the the exterior fabric. So like it's going to be a three layer fabric, but we might be changing some things around this totally unique for saddle hunting, uh, and we're probably a year out. Next season could be not this coming season. The season after that is when we're going to be coming to market with that. And we're working with some pretty awesome saddle hunting people that, uh, yeah, yeah, that may or may not be within striking distance of the office. Yeah. And so it'd be pretty cool. It'll be pretty cool, uh, to have something that's truly unique for saddle hunting, um, in a really cool package. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Okay. So do you have anything else you want to drop here on the podcast related to gear garments? Uh, I know bibs are, are they, are they coming for sure? That, that's Not awesome. this round. So, okay. so I, uh, I'm waiting the bib perfection. I want to come to market. We're going to probably come with like three bibs. And so like, I want, I want like a, just think like fall jacket, which you have on right there like a early season bib or maybe even like an overall, like a full coverall style, lightweight. I'm James Bond going to the woods. I'm leaving the office. I'm going to zip this over my tuxedo and I'm going to go whack some deer. Like that's in the concept phases right now. And then like a full on three layer with insulation bib. 
ice station, like once we get that that insulation dialed back, it's more like to what extent can we go back on it and maybe layer some, we'll see. But that's coming next season, not this coming season, the season after that. And uh, the bibs may be, and the jacket may be rolled in with the saddle setup. Like they, they may all come together into one package. Love it. It's Love pretty it. cool. That like, like we're trying to incorporate like windproofing in the inverse, like to get so like having like truly like the windproof is the outer layer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 different. It's different, man. Like we're trying to get it so like imagine like a lightweight puffy, so like the like our north star or our tailwind. So like that like really lightweight fabric. And a brush concept that also has a membrane in it. So, like, think like packable down to a softball that is also has a membrane that is windproof. And like your saddle setup could maybe come together and like, here's my bibs and here's my jacket. Yeah. And like William just made the shape of roughly a softball, if you will. And and yeah, <laughs> that packability aspect, I think that that would be very interesting. Yeah. Um, and 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 maybe even playing with it. Maybe a guy's got a, a a a bib that is the size of a softball, but he has another hunting jacket that he really likes. But still, you're, yeah, you're you're packing in. That's I weighed my clothes last year. They were uh, my outer layer alone was seven pounds, like more than my my pre stand. Normally, like clothes run between six and nine pounds, like and like and then you that's a that's a serious amount of weight that's just in clothing that you're going to put on. Like what we're looking for, like softball size maybe a uh, kid's football size that can fit in like a cis hauler or some sort of like pouch and be able with the functionality to put on in the tree not like i want to be able to get up without sweating it out like walking in and getting up in the tree i'm all set up and then i put my gear on and it's like whip it out like you know shake dry and poof put my jacket on put my pants or my bib on big zippers or not big zippers easily lift but long zippers so i can slide my leg through dead yeah. quiet and be good to go love it that is so cool man that yeah yeah and uh you have a good uh amount of good testers in that mobile hunting game to to dial that in perfectly um yeah. let's 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 talk a little fun here it is about to be peak grilling season here over the next several months you had just bought a smoker last time we talked. I now own one and use it more than I thought I would. What is maybe a like what is your, your go-to meat and side dish recipe from the smoking world that, that, that you're like, hey, we're having guests over. I'm making this. So I'm a big, I've been big on making like brisket or pork belly and like making it kind of, I've been on an Asian thing lately. So like I've been making more like an Asian sauce. Uh, but then I smoke it like the pork belly, six, seven, eight hours, the brisket I'm running 20 hours long. I'm doing a full packer brisket. Uh, but then the key aspect is like, I'm loving to make, like, I like to make my own rice, rice cooker, and then fluffing it with like some chili oils and then oh, some, like, herb, some herbs and like, Oh, and like making a full on like Asian Thai rice. And then like the pork belly and then like caramelize it. So like, I'll take like, make like a hard barbecue sauce. And then like, I'll like blowtorch the exterior 
they get a nice little crispiness, like yeah. little like it's sticky, and then lay that down on the fluffed up rice. It's like the chili with a little rice, and then a little garnish. Wow, it's money. It's so good. Nice. I uh I I do a pretty good queso like corn Mexican street no dip if you will. That's like my favorite appetizer. Just because it's do you easy. Do with the queso? So what do you do it, for the queso? it's like a, a pepper jack cube. Let's see here, cream cheese. Layered corn, jalapeno, tahini seasoning. Oh, a can of Modella. Um, so yeah, like it, it's very simple, very easy. Throw it on there. It takes about two hours, but you can kind of have that going as you're finishing up yeah. main course. Um, we've done some barbacoa recipes that are probably my favorite. I th I think I like beef a little more than I like some of the pork coming off of the smoker. Um, yeah. I, I don't think I have a go-to yet. I think I'm still developing my skills. My my co-host or my 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 you know, partner in crime, Dave Ebright, he is definitely team chef. Uh, he's a much better cook than I am. But but yeah, like I I've done some barbacoas where I smoke the second half and like some chilies and adobo sauce and and uh, get some fixings in there. I did started. Have you ever heard of sodium citrate? No. Get it on Amazon. Uh, it's like ten bucks or five bucks. And it is a chemical that basically it skips the process of having to make a root. So if you want to make the best mm. queso in the world, I always make a root. So like I'm hardcore. I make a root, match butter to flour ratio. I'm cooking it so I don't burn it. And then I start slowly adding the milk. Like I make really good queso. I love my queso. And I just shifted to sodium citrate. So stick of butter, 20 grams of sodium citrate in there. Cook that down a little bit. Full pint of heavy cream and you can put any cheese you want in there if you want to make mac and cheese like a brick of parmesan a brick of cheddar and then a brick of smoked gouda shred that in the food processor dump that all in there best case that you've ever had for mac and cheese you want to substitute the parmesan for monterey jack the best chips case that you've ever had like i mm. it's so easy and it's just it's it's a it's like a i think it's a salt type that's like from fruit, like oranges, I think. I could be totally off and like making stuff up, but it's a sodium citrate. Get on Amazon and it, it just allows you to make the best, creamiest, perfect queso in the world. So I, I, Dave would be chirping in here. Do you make your own uh, homemade tortilla chips? Cause he's been making his homemade, like it, frying them up. Yeah. He says it's next yeah. level. It is next level. Cause like the timing of pulling out the chips and salting them. So I just go to the grocery store and I get the like the little like tiny six inch, seven inch like taco tortillas. I prefer the flour. My wife prefers the corn tortillas. No, flour, flour tortilla guy. Yeah. 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 Flour tortillas. And I just cut those into quarters. I cut it in like it's literally like a stack of like 100 tortillas, cut them into quarters, throw that into like 320 degree oil uh, right on my countertop. They're done in like three minutes. But the minute you pull them out and you salt them for some reason, it's like perfection, man. And the chip is like a little heavier duty chip. You don't have any crumbles and like <laughs> it just gets just right. Like just right. <laughs> love it. Love it. And Dave and I also, we need this take from you. Um, pulled pork sandwich or pulled pork nachos? Oh, pulled pork nachos. My like man. I, I'm so like, I like 
I I'm I'd like to so I run this is this is getting a little personal. The, the Mondays and Sundays, I normally will cook like 20 chicken breasts on my smoker. And I'll cook that and that's my meal all week. Chicken and rice. That's just I'm I, my macros. I hit my targets. I'm good to go. Chicken and rice. Then on Saturdays, I have my one cheat meal, like my where I blow it all out. Last Saturday was pulled pork nachos, the queso. But I like, but like I don't want to go out. Like I don't want to go waste like 50, 60 bucks on a meal. And like I know that I could have done it better. So like making my own pico, I'm making my own queso, making my own chips, smoking my pork, but like it's literally perfection. It's like my Saturday project to pull this all together. Oh my God. You cannot beat full pork nachos with the house. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Dude, that is awesome. <laughs> I'm really glad we brought that up. Oh, well, William wrapping this up, where do, where can people find you and maybe like um, some of the new gear items? When do you roughly expect them to maybe hit the website? Uh, new gear. We're tentatively shooting for nine, one, nine, one, is that target date, maybe nine, two, nine, three, but like that, that, those couple of days, sign up for our email, sign up for our email, sign up on social. I, I cannot, we go out of gear quick. We're not like we go out of gear quick. And so like get there, we will give advance notice when this stuff is dropping. So you can know, cause like, I know like there's already a waiting list for a lot of our windproof fleece and the T1000 fans. That's just going to happen. And I think we even have a waiting list on the grid fleece, but there's waiting lists already built up. So sign up, get advanced notice, get in that queue as quickly as possible. Uh, and then fleet.com, www.fleet.com. And uh, yeah, that's, that's where we're at right now. I'm going to do Gabriel a solid. Uh, the YouTube for fleet outdoors is actually really, really good. It's a good, it's a good pace. It's well shot. There's like cinematic stuff, but then there's like really funny, like, or like how high can we climb with, 10 climbing sticks videos like it's really it's a good channel so i would yeah. if you're a youtube guy check out fleet outdoors on youtube thank you guys thank all right you. william i'm gonna wrap this up stay on the line here